0: Welcome to episode 20 of 10-Minute Tips to Teach Music. Hey everybody, welcome to 10-Minute Tips to Teach Music. My name is Kerry Lacey and I'm your host for today's show. First of all, thanks so much to all those people who have joined us on Facebook or joined us on the podcast download. I'm really pleased that the numbers are continuing to increase. I must apologise to all of those people who went looking on Friday of last week for the next podcast. Last week was a diabolical week uh, for us here and so I must apologise That we didn't get an opportunity to upload the podcast. As you know the podcast is quite new so I'm still getting my head around how to plan and prepare the podcast episodes on a weekly basis whilst still actually teaching a full-time job. So last week was a little bit diabolical in New South Wales we had school spectacular so there was a lot going on in that week. This week, I'd like to have a quick chat about ensemble programming. Now, I've had a number of people fill out the survey, thank you very much. And in that, I've noticed that there's quite a number of you that are interested in how to program for your ensembles. So I was very uh, pleased and excited to be asked to speak at the ACTMEN conference for next year, which is uh, the ACT. Conference of Music Educators, uh, the Music educator Net- Network and I had to prepare a session for them, a couple of sessions and one of the sessions that I'll be presenting next year is one about vocal ensembles. For those that know my history know that I have quite a strong vocal ensemble tradition. A lot of the schools that I've worked at have had very good gospel groups and all a cappella usually And the school I'm currently at is no exception. When I first got there six years ago, I started a vocal program. Now, before I continue on this podcast chat, if you're a student that's listening to this, this podcast really probably isn't for you. So you guys can actually switch off and go and practice. If you're a teacher who's looking for classroom tips this week, Uh, and you don't actually run any ensembles, then this podcast also is not for you. So how's about you uh, log off and go and have a cup of coffee, uh, or something else you might choose to have, okay? Uh, So I just want to talk today to the people who actually run ensembles. So when I got to the school I currently am at, there was a very strongly established instrumental program in uh, jazz and concert program. However, there were no strings and there were no uh, extra ensembles like sax quartets or flute quartets or African drumming or anything like that and there was no vocal program. There was a strong vocal tradition in the sense that they had a musical but there was no strong vocal program. So that was the first thing that I put into into the school. I've had a lot of people ask me, how do you write a development plan for a group. Uh, how do you start a group? Uh, how, what do you have to consider? So the first thing that I would consider if you have nothing at your school and you want to start, the one thing about children is that they are going to jump on board anything that seems like they are missing out. So if your group is doing a fantastic series of music or they, you've got a fantastic um, plan of performances for them for the year and kids see that these um, students who've jumped on board and there will be a core group of kids that will jump on board with you. So if you find that core group of kids and I always try and find the movers and shakers, so kids that have a bit of a reputation, kids that others look up to, leaders within your school community, I get those kids and or teachers involved and what I do is I make it so exciting that people want to be a part of it um, when I set up the senior acapella group which is now known as the kaleidoscope at the school that I'm at I made it an audition only uh, group so you wanted to get into that group you had to audition and that group had an instant performance program so the first year they had four performances they had to execute and they had to work with the idea of north so I made it so high level to begin with that no kid, that kids that were watching it went, I want to be a part of that. I desperately want to be a part of that. Uh, so that's my first tip. My second tip is when you actually get a program going or up and running uh, to come up with a development plan. So kids in ensembles should be no different to classrooms. What are the three things or the five things that we're focusing on for the next 12 months? I actually use Google Drive. I'm so pleased that Google Apps for Education came into uh, New South Wales state schools. I was so excited when that happened because it means that the capabilities of sharing are fabulous for the kids. So I set up a Google Drive folder for all of their digital support. I also have a document in there that's called the development plan and in that document there is a list of this is what our goals are for the year this is a list of performances that we have for the year and here's our rehearsal schedule and so from week to week I would put up before the rehearsal schedule what we're going to work on I even do that with my concert band which is my young group of kids mostly year sevens and eights and they check it every week they check it after the rehearsal every week because I'll normally do it after rehearsal I'll sit down and actually write down what we are planning to do next week so I haven't got to think about it because I'm one of these people that if I don't do it straight away it doesn't happen so at the end of concert band rehearsal I will sit down and fill out the document for the following week and then I will set into play anything I need to prepare before that I'll schedule it into my calendar so that I know what I have to do between now and the next rehearsal Uh, so that document's been valuable I use that with all of my ensembles And I find it to be the best way to communicate with the kids. Now, it took them a while to get used to checking it. It really did because I used to say to them, did you not practice it? It was on the development plan. Uh, So the more reminders you give the kids, then the better off it will be. So when I look at my development plan, all I do pretty much is say, well, these are the things we're working on this year. You know, we're going to work on a beatless unison or we're going to work on blending. We're going to work on line dominance. We're going to work on um, dynamic contrast. We're going to work on articulation. So there might be three or four things that we specifically work on. For example, my jazz orchestra at the moment is working on uh, one beat for the band. So the band has the same pulse, not just the rhythm section but the whole band. You know. So we pick up specific things that we're going to work on. At the end of each year, I always survey the students to see their thoughts on how successful we were in achieving the things that we said we were going to achieve. And all of this is done in consult with the kids. Always done in consult with the students. So I sit down and I write the plan. I wrote the plan initially. It was three years ago I think I wrote the first set of plans for the place I'm at now. And we said, I said to the students, this is what we're going to do and these are the this is the program that we're going to follow. These are the pieces of music we're going to specifically work on because some people will set up a development plan and they'll go, I'm going to start a group, so I'm going to start with one of these books like Essential Elements or Standards of Excellence or something like that and I'm going to work through the book. Now that's great for a very beginning group okay? and you get to a certain point where you start to supplement that with other pieces of music, then you start to get to a point where you lose the books altogether as the kids have outgrown them or you don't want to use them anymore whatever it might be. So so what I then do is I get to that point where I don't need the books anymore and I look at the pieces of music, the level that we're looking at and slowly I look at the differences between a grade two and a grade three or a grade three and a grade three and a half and I will slowly increase the challenging material and each year we will have 25% of challenging material and the remainder of the material is we always set up the program the same way, 25% challenging material, 25% what are call showstoppers so that you've got those showcases, uh, 25% of soloistic opportunities, so opportunities for either sectional solos or individual solos, and then 25% of um, what are call concert works. So that's that would be the run for like uh, a concert band or a wind orchestra or something like that. For an a cappella group, my vocal group, we'll always have um, 25% of, well, 30% of challenging material. Uh, we'll have mostly gospel material, but we'll have pieces of music, probably about 30% of pieces of music everyone knows, and we'll have 30% of pieces of music that can be used for competition or used for um, special events, something along those lines. The problem with the vocal ensemble is the repertoire. Kids learning the repertoire and the group changing all the time, and the blend and balance changing. It's the vocal ensembles are constantly fluid. That is why I tend to use gospel and twang a lot in that. Um, But that's how I create a development plan. To be honest, I'm going to put some samples of my development plans over the years in the document that supports this podcast. Uh, So please go and have a look at those. You're welcome to uh, steal the program plan. By all means, go right ahead. Uh, I have no problem with with you taking the actual structure of what I do and duplicating it and moulding it and using it for whatever you see fit. Uh, That's the whole point of these podcasts is to give recommendations and advice and, and show you some of the things that I do in the hopes that it might help you to achieve what you're after. Uh, so that's today's um, sort of a couple of little tips about development plans. I've been looking at the podcast plan for next year and some of the podcasts are going to be a little bit longer than 10 minutes. Um, the idea of the 10-minute tips to teach music was to have a 10-minute tip in there but may not necessarily be 10 minutes long. I've tried to keep the podcast at about 10, 15 minutes and that will continue over the next uh, couple of um Uh, next couple of months I will still continue to keep it at about 10 to 15 minutes, 20 at most, but occasionally once a month I'm going to have some guests on and some other things going on. So hopefully with a little bit of luck you'll enjoy the plan for 2018. In the meantime thanks a lot for your support and I look forward to catching you around the trap soon.